Marlowe Brandon had won the Academy Award in 1951 for his acting in A Streetcar Named Desire. The Oscar went to Humphrey Bogart for The African Queen. But you could make a good case that no performance had more influence on modern film acting style than Brandon's work as Stanley Kowalski, Tennessee Williams' rough, smelly, sexually charged hero. Before this role there was usually a certain restraint in American movie performances. Actors would portray violent emotions but you could always sense to some degree a certain modesty that prevented them from displaying their feelings in raw nakedness. Brando held nothing back and within a few years his was the style that dominated Hollywood movie acting. This movie led directly to work by Brando's heirs such as Montgomery Clift, James Dean, Jack Nicholson and Sean Penn. The film itself hailed as realistic in 1951 now seems claustrophobic and mannered and all the more effective for that. The method actors Brando foremost always claimed their style was a way to reach realism in a performance but the method led to super realism to a heightened emotional content that few real people would be able to sustain for long or convincingly Look at the way Brando as Kolowski stalks through his little apartment in French Quarter. He is the dialogue often reminds us an animal. He wears a torn t-shirt that reveals muscle and sweat. He smokes and drinks in a greedy way. He doesn't have the good manners that 1951 performances often assume. He is also meant to be rude at the same time. There's a feline grace in Brando's movements. He's a man but not a clod and in one scene while he's sweet talking his wife Stella, he absent-mindedly picks a tiny piece of lint from her sweater. If you can take that moment and hold it in your mind with the famous scene where he assaults Stella's sisters Blanche the Buoy, you can see the freedom Brando is giving to Stanley Kalowski and the range When a streetcar named Desire was first released it created a firestorm of controversy it was immoral decadent vulgar and sinful its critics cried and that was after substantial cuts that had already been made in the picture at the insistence of Warner Bros driven on by the industry's own censors Elysia Kazan who directed the film fought the cuts and lost For years the missing footage only about 5 minutes in length but crucial was thought lost but this 1993 restoration splices together Kazan's original cut and we can see how daring the film really was The 1951 cut took out dialogue that suggested Blanche the Buoy was promiscuous perhaps nymphomaniac attracted to young boys it also cut much of the intensity from Stanley's film Assault of Blanche Other cuts were more subtle. Look at the early scene, for example, where Stanley plants himself on the street outside his apartment and screams "Stella." In the censored version, he stands up inside, pauses, starts down the stairs, looks at him, and continues down and stares, and they embrace. In the uncut version, only a couple of shots are different, but what a difference they make! Stella's whole demeanor seems different. Seems charged with lust. In the apartment, she responds more visibly to his voice. On the stairs, there are close-ups as she descends, showing her face almost blank with desire. 
and the closing embrace which looks in the cut version as if she's consoling him looks in the uncut version as if she has abandoned herself to him another scene lost crucial dialogue stella tells her sister stanley always smashed things why on our wedding night as soon as we came in here he snatched off one of my slippers and rushed about the pla- place smashing the light bulb with it after blanche is suitably shocked stella leaning back with a funny smile says i was sort of thrilled by it all the dialogue was shimmed perhaps because it provided a glimpse into physics rem realms the censors were not prepared to acknowledge the 1930 1903 version of the film extends the conversation that blanche has already with a visiting newspaper boy making it clear that she is strongly attracted to him It also adds details from Blanche's description of suicide of her young husband. It is now more clear, although still somewhat oblique, that he was homosexual, and she killed him with her taunts. Despite the overwhelming power of Brando's performance, Streetcar is one of the greatest ensemble pieces in movies. Kim Hunter's Stella can be seen in his version as less of an enigma. We can see more easily why she was attracted to Stanley. Vivian Leigh's Blanche is a sexually hungry woman posing as a sad building flower. The earlier version covered up some of the hunger, and Carl Medin's Mitch Blanche's helpless gentleman caller is more of a sap now that we understand more fully who he really is courting and why the movie was shot of course in black and white drama made in 1951 nearly always were color would have been fatal to the special tone it would have made the characters seem too real when we need them exactly like this black and gray and silvers shadows projected on the screens of their own dreams and needs watching the film is like watching a shakespearean tragedy of course the outcome is predestined but everything in is in the style by which the characters arrive there watch brando absently scratching himself on his first entrance look at the way he occupies the little apartment as if it were a pair of dirty shorts then watch him flick that piece of lint